0: all righty happy friday guys um we've got episode 37 uh with kai drury who is uh one of the the co-founder of bomani cold brew amazing company uh just recently had my first (laughs) delivery um and pumped to have you on man thanks for joining us
1: appreciate uh, you having me, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, I've been been a big fan of everything you and Dream Pops and just everything you guys have been doing. So I'm glad we got a chance to connect and talk a little bit about Bomani.
0: Hell yeah. I'm going to have to top off my real coffee with a little vanilla cold brew in a little bit. Um, I mean, it's Friday. It's never too early to start that. Exactly. Exactly. So um let's 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 kick it off man tell me a little bit about you know where are you from uh and then we can dive into this uh you know this this business that you guys uh recently launched and and kind of the progress you're making but where, where are you from
1: i'm from northern california i uh, grew up here in Marin county um right across the golden gate bridge from san francisco um beautiful place to live and then uh I actually went to Cal Berkeley, just like you. Um, Go bears, baby. Exactly. Um, so local to the Bay area, um, been here really all my life until uh, moving out to New York after graduating, which is where the story of Beaumonti all begins.
0: You know what I love is that it looks like we both have some uh, investment banking backgrounds and recovering bankers. So can you share a little bit about, you know, went to Cal, how did you get into iBanking? And, and then how did that uh, really transition into CPG?
1: Yeah, definitely some scars from that. But um, uh, yeah, my path is a lot different than most people that get into investment banking, um, which is pretty interesting. So all my life, I was an athlete, uh, grew up playing basketball, was all state. uh, I'd actually played at Santa Rosa Junior College and was state MVP, uh, won a state championship there and transferred to Cal for basketball. Um, Started my own basketball training business, which is how I actually paid my way through college, was able to have over thirty of my athletes receive uh, college scholarships. or so something I, I, that's really where I found my entrepreneurial like, passion um, and really helping others and stuff like that. But graduated so what, what, from doing. You were like, what was the training program? Yeah, so I was an individual skills trainer. Um, so I, I was training kids one on one or in groups, and then I also worked. Um, I helped found an AAU team, traveling basketball out of the East Bay. We were fully sponsored by Adidas. Um, so. Yeah developed that a lot, was really in the basketball community and did a lot with that. So when I graduated from Berkeley, um, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I graduated with a degree in economics, um, had done well there, Um, but basketball and sports had been my whole life and really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, So I actually took a trip traveling all throughout Europe, as a lot of kids do when they travel, uh, when they finish from school um, with one of my best friends. And That's actually on that trip is where I met Sam, um, who is one of my co-founders, our CEO. We actually met up, uh, one of his best friends from high school was my best friend in college, and they were traveling together and we actually met up in Ibiza um, for the 4th of July. And uh, it it is a great place. And um, me and Sam immediately hit it off. And he was moving out to New York to work in investment banking um, and his roommate had just bailed on him. uh, So he was looking for uh, someone to come move to New York and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I've always thought about moving to New York, sounds fun. And he's like, why don't you? And I'm like, that's a good question. Why don't I? And I was like, so what are you doing out there? He's like, I'm working in investment banking and at the time I really didn't know what that even uh, entailed, but I was like, oh, interesting. Um, six days later we were signing a lease to live together and I was moving to New York, um, uh, sight unseen really hadn't been there besides one trip in third grade. Uh, but I was like, so you're doing investment banking. Why don't I do that? Um, how hard could it be? Never had, a, i I'd never taken an accounting class really or anything like that. So I started studying, um, learning, uh, accounting and all of that, Had to interview literally the first, I landed at Wednesday night in New York at 10 PM, had an interview with the bank, uh, I got a job with, at uh, 8 AM the next morning, um, interviewed with the head of the bank, the head of M&A, the head of the consumer group, um, hadn't had any internships in, uh, investment banking, as you know, it's not this, the normal path. And, uh, they gave me a job on the, on the spot and that's how it all came to be. Dude, that's
0: pretty damn impressive. I mean, you know, myself, I remember breaking into wall street, wall street Oasis. Uh, to do that, that's that's pretty impressive. Can you share a little, like, what happened? Did you kind of wow him on the spot with something that, you know, was it your story? Was it the charisma? Like, what, what do you think happened there?
1: I think it's, um, honestly, it was, yeah, I think I was well-spoken enough. I spoke to my passion for it. I think my, um, I like I said, I did well at Berkeley, and I think they could tell I was smart um, and was passionate about it. And really, I think that's the thing that will come through. I, I refuse to get outworked. Um, And so I I was basically just there. I was like, I I have an interest in this. I want to be able to do this. I think that I'll be able to do it. And I think that I have the client skills. So like early on, I was was getting invited to go to the meetings, which a lot of the people couldn't. And I think it was just, I was personable enough. They saw that they could teach me the technical skills. And I had a lot of the soft skills, which a lot of people in investment banking didn't, I think. Um, And just from a personality and a a person standpoint, they liked me and uh, took a bet on me.
0: I think also in IB, as much as you know, I, I kind of had had enough. Um, I don't think there's a better training ground to like going to build a company. The fact that you know you sit with C-suite execs, you're understanding how they run their companies. You're trying to you know whether it's raise capital, private placements, sell a business. Um, you know you get such close exposure or such great exposure uh, to, to the really successful companies and founders. So. I don't think we would be where we are today if we didn't have, uh, if I didn't have the 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 background. Um, So, can you share a little bit more about, you know, you okay? You jumped into banking. You're in New York. Um, You know, how was that experience? And and you know, what and was there a certain breaking point where you're like, man, I've I've kind of had enough?
1: Yeah, no, and I I couldn't agree more. All of us, Sam and Amin, uh, the three of us that founded the company, all came from finance backgrounds. Sam and I were doing investment banking, and Amin was at BlackRock. Um, doing ETF sales. So, couldn't agree more that without that background, uh, I don't think we'd be anywhere near where we are today or have the the sort of structure and the base that we had to start the company. But um, yeah, I mean, that's really where the idea and everything came around from Bomani. Um, Sam and me and Amin became really close friends. Um, I mean, the grind of 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks, um, as you know, in investment banking, but we were young social guys living in New York. Um, and so, Pretty early on with investment banking, the three of us realized I don't think that was the path that all of us wanted to stay on, um, or with me mean with that BlackRock. And we understood that we we were good enough friends and smart enough people and had different enough skill traits where we thought that we, the three of us would have an opportunity to work together um, and wanted to do something like that. But we had no idea what that was going to be. There was a lot of ideas thrown around pretty early on. Um, and the idea for Bomani really came about from a need. Um, like I was saying, we were young social guys living in New York, um, working these crazy hours, but coming home and wanting to go out um, like most guys in their 20s or anyone living in New York at that time and being pretty exhausted from the work week and literally coming home, changing out of our suits and ties. And Sam and I were roommates in the espresso pod machine. Um, and we'd make espresso shots or pick up a cold brew um, and drink that with whatever the alcohol we were drinking that night with to get energy to go out. Uh, because there really weren't any other options for caffeine plus alcohol that we felt good about, right? One mm-hmm. of our favorite drinks is the espresso martini. Um, but still, even, and those have gained so much in popularity over the last couple of years. But you have to have a professional bartender make you one. Um, still, they're usually pretty loaded with carbs and sugar and just other ingredients. Was the so first was,
0: big commercial hit the Patron XL? Was there anything before that? So there's... XL. There's been a few
1: different stuff. There's been, I mean, a lot of the stuff with like Kahlua and Baileys. There's been, um, I mean, Paps now is a cold brew. There's been some other stuff that has come out, but Petrom was one of the first to like lead in that. Um, but that's a spirit and that's the thing. Most products that have come out with like uh, coffee, alcohol or anything, we're always spirits, like Mr. Black and liqueurs and stuff like that. But then um, the only other options too, was like the energy drink plus vodka, um, which you're hung over for two days. Uh, putting all these synthetic chemicals and ingredients into your body. And so that's really where the idea for Bomani came from. And we were like, if we feel like this, we knew that there must be a lot of other uh, people feeling the same way. And so the idea for Bomani was we wanted to make a product that was better. And we defined better as a more tasty, more convenient and healthier alternative than anything else out there on the market.
0: And was you said that was coming from like you guys would go out, uh, and you you have like a, a black coffee next to like whatever cocktail or whatever you were drinking, and you're like, yeah, why wouldn't I combine these things? And by the way, I I've been there where you know exactly both simultaneously. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why would I have three, four <laughs> beverages? Something recently too for me is uh, I've noticed. Okay, I'll have a coffee after a workout and a protein shake, and there's this mm-hmm. nice hybrid happening with protein, you know, Koya and some of these cold brew proteins yeah. that are coming around. So love that idea of, of bringing, you know, two use cases into one. Um, so, so you guys have this idea, right? Was, was there like a day you remember really when you're like, we should really do this or look into it? Yeah, no, there, there was, I mean,
1: Sam and I like sort of thrown around the, the uh, idea for it. And Sam's really the one that fleshed it out a bit more. Um, I remember vividly there was a day we, me and Sam were in an Uber on the way to the Belmont Stakes in New York, the horse the races. And uh, I was talking me and Sam were sort of talking about what we wanted to do next, what I was sort of looking at. And I was, and he was just like, I'm really thinking about pursuing this like alcohol infused cold brew coffee idea. And I was like, well, then do it. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, man. I mean, like, if you're serious about this and like uh, come to me, like, and he was like, come to me in a mean. Let's literally talk it through. Put something together and let's do it. And he was like, "All right." And two weeks later, um, we had what we refer to as presentation day. Um, and Sam had outlined um, basically a business plan of what Bomani would look like for the first year. Um, and we were sitting there, uh, pretty hungover. We had all gone out the night before. It was a very funny scene. Me and Amin sitting there on uh, on the couch, and Sam with the had like a the video screen projected up behind him and was running through it. Um, and it's pretty crazy looking back on that, how vividly and how, um, pretty accurate the plan was, but that's really that two week stretch. And then the presentation today is where everything really started to take place. And from that, from that point on, it was pretty, pretty much every day, um, gung ho on turning this dream into a reality.
0: So was it called Bomani then, or did you have a different name? at the time.
1: It didn't, it didn't have a name yet. Um, it was just alcohol infused cold brew and then the idea for the name and everything came about. Um, and the name really came through from working on on uh, creating it because Bomani means to have purpose. Um, in Farsi, both Salmon and Main, um come from Iran. Uh, that's their background uh, Persian. Um, so far in Farsi, Bomani means to have purpose. And so where that really resonated with us is that we were working on Bow at the time uh, while we still had our investment banking job. So we'd come home from work at 11 or midnight and we had decided we would dedicate two hours a night to turn this dream into a reality. Like I said, and that would be from like 12 to 2 or 1 to 3 a.m. Um, and we found ourselves like having more energy during this, like super late nights working on this that at any point we did. Um, during the day at our our regular jobs. And so we defined that as like, we had found our purpose. Um, And so that's really where that idea had come from. And our purpose is to empower individuals who like us challenge status quo. We wanted people to be able to work towards their purpose um, without sacrificing their physical or their like mental health um, with it. And really, so that's where it really resonated. And then cold buzz is uh, play on cold brew with a sting. So that's why the emblem is a loss.
0: Love that. Love that. And by the way, isn't it wild when you think about how hard you push yourself to work in like an IB environment? And then you're like, wow, imagine if I apply that same type of work ethic to something that I love every single day. Um, That was like the big awakening for me. I was doing exactly what you did uh, in the early days. And like, you know, I would be full time IB and then weekends or nights when I come home, it was just all in dream pops. And I remember yeah, juggling it and just the amount of energy and fire I would get at like three, four, five a.m. just going. And then I'm like, you know, crap, I got to go <laughs> into work. And uh, I was like, man, imagine if I expended this energy um, and put it into something I, I loved. So that's I can resonate on so many levels. Yeah. Um, what did your colleagues say? What was the initial reaction when you said you're quitting your job to go sell um, hard coffee?
1: uh from the colleagues um they were at first like like all the more power to you i mean everyone i think in investment banking dreams of getting out of it there's very few lifers as i'm sure you know um so i mean they were they're pretty blown away there because um, pretty much about a month after we left um too there was a big article that came out about bow money launching so i think that's when it switched from, oh, he's leaving to like do something to, oh, he actually has been doing this. Um, and it was like, how the hell have you guys done this while working full-time jobs? Um, but they were fully bought in. And I mean, the thing is that the product is such a perfect fit for the people working in investment banking, the lifestyle that they live. They're like, yeah, I mean, hell yeah. How soon can I get on my hands on it?
0: Yeah. And, and by the way, I've, I've seen it's, it's always a mixed bag and there are definitely supporters. But I think... Um, when you have an idea and you're like, Hey, the idea for Bomani and you pitch it they share it with somebody versus actually executing a vision and having a product and, uh, you know, real momentum behind it. It's, it's obviously perceived differently. Um, super cool. So you guys had this idea, you know, you, you can you talk a little bit about when you quit? Like, did you have the product? Cause a lot of people, founders that want to go build companies always struggle with when is the right time to quit leave? You know, did you have an MVP? Did you raise some money? How how did you think about that?
1: Yeah, we I mean we get that question a lot, and I think that there's never going to be an exact moment. You get, I mean, I'm sure you get the question a lot. People question, or yeah, they have the idea. It's like, should I take the jump? And at a certain point, you just have to do it. There's never really going to be that single moment. Um, you just have to take the plunge and bet on yourself and. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's going to work out because even if that idea doesn't, it's going to lead you, and you're going to grow a lot and learn so much more than you could um, in a corporate environment. I think obviously, corporate environment has it's it's a great place for a lot of people, and you learn a lot. But there's nothing like setting out on your own, um, and I think you you always grow from that. But yeah, for us, I mean, we had really been working on Bomani for about I think it was a little over six months by then um had really put together a lot of like the original designs the business plans fleshed out what the go-to-market strategy would be like what the opportunity was but the the moment when we felt comfortable is we received the like i think it was the first no not the first round because the first round of samples did not taste good um there's a lot of stuff that we had to work through but we got to a, a place where with the prototype of the, the liquid um where we tasted it and we're like yeah th- this will do um it wasn't the final iteration or anything like that we thought I mean, we went through like over a hundred iterations or more, but we got it to a place where we were really confident and once we tasted that, we went in the next day and uh, we quit. So that was sort of the moment. We just needed that validation Um, and we had put in everything to like set up the structure for that moment. Once we knew that the liquid would check out, that we could do that.
0: It's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, sorry, one second, (laughs) no worries. And, um, I guess you know I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the product itself. You know, how did you guys think about formulating a, a, a hybrid coffee and hard alcohol? um sorry with with coffee oh. and hard and you know what what's in the in the liquid itself?
1: yeah, a hundred percent so that was I mean that was one of the biggest things we had to figure out. um and that was really with Amin ame led that he he was our chief of design uh, chief of product and design at the time. He's not chief. Uh, business, de- chief business development. But uh, he grew up in a coffee shop, his family owned gotcha. coffee shops. So me and Sam loved coffee, but uh, we lovingly like refer to Amin as sort of like the coffee snob or the coffee douche, um, who really, <laughs> liked- as much as like Sam and I knew, like, uh, like financials and stuff, we we joke that Amin learned his fractions, like pulling coffee, pulling espresso. Um, like, so he knows mm-hmm. it through and through. So we we set him out with the the task of leading the formulation with Bomani and so early on we were throwing around the ideas it's like what what is the alcohol that's going to go into this like is it vodka little do we know about all the taxes uh, that come with having a spirit base. is it tequila that's going to be too harsh or whiskey like that's been done and so it was really like this was the summer of 2018 um and we had this sort of aha moment we we were in the we were in Tahoe for the 4th of July and there was this like Mount Everest stack of white claw um in a in a Rayleigh's up there. And uh we were drinking it that weekend, and it was sort of at that moment, and I was like, what is the alcohol that they're putting in this um that allows it to be low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, and really sort of tastes like a sparkling water? Um, and so that was the moment we're like, whatever this alcohol that goes in here is what we need to put into Bomani. So but money's really simple in essence. It's incredibly complex to actually make and from a chemical perspective and like a formulation, but it's only four ingredients. And something we're really proud of is the ingredient and the nutritional panel that we're able to tout. It's just cold brew coffee. Um, it's alcohol from sugar. Uh, that's the alcohol that goes in. It's uh, fermented sugar cane, uh, water, and natural flavors. And that's it. Uh, it's four ingredients, um, nothing that we hide. And then it's 5.7% ABV, 110 calories, no carbs, no sugar. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, kosher, keto, um, really everything that the modern consumer is looking for. And we really pride ourselves on the ingredients. Like I was saying, it's uh, it's 100% ethically sourced coffee, uh, Arabica beans from Southern Mexico, Nicaragua, and Peru. And basically, like the purest sugar cane and alcohol out on the market. That's how it's zero carbs and zero sugar. Uh, While well, most of the the hard seltzers that use a similar alcohol base have like usually one to two grams of each.
0: I love it. That's awesome, man. Um, and have you guys ever thought about doing like a coffee shop bar type of a concept? There's like, definitely this, yeah. Does anything like that exist? Like a like a coffee bar, like kind of coffee shop bar hybrid?
1: There, I, I think there are some, and I think you'll
0: start to see more. I
1: mean, I think. Not to go too much into detail. I think that's where a lot of the opportunity in the on premise is right now is really specialized around like one sort of key thing. And I think the coffee bar is especially with the growing popularity of like cold brew cocktails and espresso martinis is a huge play. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're if you're from the Bay Area, basically Balboa is an espresso Martini bar. Yeah, yeah I I mean about- <laughs> so yeah. there there's huge opportunities for that. We've thrown out on the idea, but I think we needed to... Uh, focus on the the CP the the ready to drink product first and then eventually down the line there could be some opportunities.
0: And so there's you mentioned uh Mr. Black and some of these other brands that are in the space. Does is Bomani like what's the long term vision for Bomani? Are you guys trying to launch products across the entire set? Do you want to really focus on R T D what are you what are you thinking for the long run?
1: Yeah, I think we're really focused right now on building out the core products. Uh, we have the the original flavor um, in vanilla, which is our two two SKUs right now. They come in a four pack. Uh, we definitely have different ideas for some flavor iterations uh, coming down the line. Um, really excited about those, but really focused on building out the core right now. Um, one of the exciting things is though um, that there's so much um, sort of opportunity for customization and line extensions with coffee um, because there's so many different ways that people like to drink coffee or experience it. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can take that, which is one of the things that um, Amin gets super excited. We have to sort of reel him back. He's the idea guy and really like lives up in the in the sky. Uh, but he comes up- a Shout, really shout out
0: to Amin, he just commented. He, 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 there he I love it
1: but he has some great ideas and stuff that we're really excited about but um we're really ex- just focused on executing right now we're so new um and just really getting our foot into the market and having some incredible opportunities with the different retailers where are and just driving deep with that but definitely ideas as we grow um to really iterate
0: i feel like this like the coffee hard coffee market so like it's it's just nascent like there's not a lot of, like i've seen the, the pabst blue ribbon product um i've seen a couple others but i feel like you guys can dominate this both on premise in retail. I mean, I'm thinking like just the extensions, all sorts of flavored coffees with, you know, hard A. It's, it's awesome, man. Um, share, can you share a little bit about, uh, you know, what's the game plan for 2021? Where are you guys headed? Where can people find you, um, you know, if that you're able to share?
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, really with 2021, our plan is to really drive deep in the markets where we are. Um, we know there's a world of opportunity. It's really in uh, New York. California and Arizona, Uh, we will likely be launching one more state coming up here very soon, so stay tuned for that. It's mainly West Coast focused um, with New York and driving super deep with the retailers uh, that we're in and really sort of causing market and even neighborhood immersion and saturation um, and building out, um, I mean, California and New York are countries in themselves. So if you can win there, uh, you'll have a lot of success. So we have some really big, um, exciting retail expansion in those states. Uh, coming up here with the spring resets that we're extremely excited very busy with right now Um, but really really driving deep and then hopefully um as the the covid covid vaccine rollout and stuff start to get a little bit more under control and life starts to normalize a little bit um, really start to get more back into the on-premise opportunities because that's one of the really awesome things about bomani that's different than a lot of the rtds and all the other hard coffees in the space is that um it's great the way it is, but it's also totally customizable. Um, so that's, it allows so many different use cases and different opportunities. Like I love drinking it over ice. Sam loves it ice cold, just out of the can. You can pour it over ice and add cream and sugar. You can also use it as a base of a cocktail, which is one of the huge opportunities with the on-premise that we have that most RTDs don't, is that a lot of these bars are incorporating it um, into cocktail ideas and allowing them to do a lot of different things. So really focused on like the brunch opportunities, the pregame opportunities. And then as like music festivals and sports stadiums hopefully open up later this year, early 2022, as we get stuff under control, there's a lot of opportunity that we have with the different groups there as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see this on tap as like a base and you just add in, you know, almond milk or oatly or whatever it yes. is. And then boom, you got a great, great little, uh, cold brew option. Um, yeah. love that. Um, I, we've had a couple of alcohol and spirits founders on, on the episode talking about how the e-commerce landscape is changing and how yep. it's really like breakthrough moment uh, where you can work with certain software providers that allow you to basically partner with retailers and service in state. It's kind of a, a workaround. Um, are you guys focused on that on the D2C side as well?
1: 100%. I mean, that was a big thing um, that we were focused on early on. But obviously, with everything with COVID, it sped it up. I mean, you're seeing the crazy transactions with Drizzly and all the different stuff that's going into it right now. Um, and I mean, it, it's been a huge focus for us is when COVID hit. I mean, for an alcohol brand, most of your marketing or your brand exposure, right, it's going to come from live events, the bars, samplings and stuff like that. So how do you create that awareness that your brand even exists? Um, so creating a D to C, D to C, I call it, cause it's not actually direct to consumer, but it feels like that and acts like it, um, for the consumer was so important cause we saw that as a way of being able to grow our brand, um, allow consumers to, to sample in essence in the comfort of their home. Um, so that was a huge focus for us and a lot of the, it took a lot of time building out this year, but I'm proud to say we're available for delivery to up to 31 States directly from our website, delivered straight to your door, um, Which is something that was a huge task and something we're really excited about and been seeing grow month over month rapidly uh, since we really got it up and running about three months ago and huge focus for us um, in this upcoming year and opportunity. And I think you're starting to really see the alcohol companies and stuff change. There's a saying that they're usually like 50 to 100 years behind everybody else. Um, they're slow movers and cause of the prohibition days and everything that's in there. But, uh, you really seem to see advancement right now. And I think direct consumers are going to become increasingly part of the, the way of life for alcohol brands.
0: Dude, alcohol brands. I mean, th- there's just a, a massive land grab, um, right now in, in, in the space. You're obviously seeing crazy, uh, transactions on the, on the hard spirit side. Um, as well as, you know, things like cut yep. water, other RTDs. Um, I think you guys building a platform in coffee and, and this specific segment is going to be incredibly, you know, powerful. So I commend you for it. Um, just want to be cognizant of your time. To wrap up, do you have any tips for people wanting to break in, uh, maybe the spirits industry specifically, and uh, and taking that leap of faith and going to build something, you know, with with people that you care about and, and knowing the risks involved? What, what advice would you give to p- potential founders?
1: Yeah, I think do your research. Um, That's one of the biggest things is like have an understanding of of, do as much research as you can and understand you're never going to know everything. And like I said, there's always going to be a time where if you have an idea, just take the leap of faith. But if you do the research, you'll put yourself in a good position to be successful. I mean, one of the first things that we did uh, is we compiled a list of like 20 questions um that we thought would be important for starting a company and about a list of 20 people who had been successful that we knew and what regardless of the space uh whether it was entrepreneurs and finance started their own drink company or anything like that and ask them and look for similarities and patterns because successful people are going to have similar traits and that's one of the biggest things that we saw and allowed us to start off and then get used to being told no Um, And uh, don't ever take that as a failure. I mean, most of the times we've been told no, it ended up being one of the biggest forms of success because it caused us to pivot. Um, I think that's one of the the things that I really learned through this is like a good business. And this is one of the the things our lead investor told us, a good business isn't someone with a good business plan. It's a company that's able to adapt and pivot quickly to changes. And obviously there's never been as big of a change as everything that came up during 2020. Um, but just be nimble and creative with that. Um, I think those are the biggest things. And then create. Uh, know that you don't know everything. Um, a lot of us, obviously the three of us, like to think we're relatively smart guys, but we know nothing in this space early on. We've grown and learned a lot. And surround yourself with smarter people and indus- people with industry experience. Um, I think there's no more nothing more valuable than that experience. One of the people we brought on really early on, who's our partner in corporate, strategy director is Nick Gagliardi. He uh, was CEO of Monster. He was president of Labatt USA. He ran the eighth largest distributor in the US. Uh, so he really gave us that um, that backing and that credibility in the room um, and really created a lot of the the structure that we needed early on. So surround yourself with smart people and always look to grow.
0: It's awesome, Kai. Well, dude, I, I'm i actually gonna enjoy some Bomani this weekend. Um, I love that. I appreciate you making time and coming on. Uh, Congrats on everything. Let me know if there's any way I can ever be helpful. Uh, I'm going to keep spreading the Bomani word, but uh, congrats on everything, man. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, David, and thanks, everybody.